hotties and jennymans. How are y'all doing? I am doing great. Thank you for asking. I'm sure somebody out there asked. Um, so, uh, where are we at now? What episode is this? Oh, episode one. Oh, welcome. I should say welcome to episode 123. Uh, hope all is well out there. Um, I know I say this so much. I try not. Whoa, someone text me. Uh, yeah, but I just want to tell everybody, um, like I said, I've been doing a lot of these ahead of time, so I'm going to try to finish up the year, but I'm a little ahead right now. Uh, again, this is 123. I literally just put out my episode 100, so yeah, and so there's, I actually got 10 more weeks to get done, well, nine after this, so, uh, I'm just trying to knock them out and just, you know, kind of stay strong and just keep going and. You know, try to better myself. I, I've noticed more as the journey goes on. I'm I'm just evolving and turning into a better person, and I'm just learning a lot. Uh, so yeah, I thank you guys for just being with me with this journey, and anybody who supported. I, again, I say it, but I am really humble and grateful for everybody's support. So thank you. And uh, at some point, we're gonna get this. You know, it's gonna be a, a high speed train, and we're you know we're gonna we're gonna do something somehow. I just got to be patient and just keep pushing and annoy the shit out of everybody until they hear me. So, yeah. So, yeah, guys, let's, uh, let's get to our guest. Uh, it's a great episode. So, thanks, guys, for listening. guys back again um so usually i kind of have the same old uh story how i find a lot of these guests which is like podmatch or instagram or facebook but uh this one this is a, the first person i've ever had on the show that i've actually meditated with technically um we uh we met through a friend a former guest on the show uh, andrea and so uh who's a sweet woman i'm glad to have had her on the show uh, but um yeah so we got to meet and uh, you know, once I met her, I realized, like, you know, she was telling me all about her condition, and, you know, she has a very visible disability, but she's a very positive and, you know, smiley person, which, you know, I'm sure she has her pain, and she'll talk about it, but uh, I knew I had to have her on, so uh, you want to tell us your name and, uh, you know, a little about yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me on your podcast, TJ. Uh, Andrea is amazing, and so I'm honored to be associated with you through her. Mm -hmm. I oh, <laughs> actually, my name is Pauline Victoria, and I live on the Big Island of Hawaii. I was born without arms and legs. I do, I do have a little bit of a leg on my left side, um, but not enough to be a full leg. So, um, but yeah, so I was, I was born as a quadri They call it a quadriplegic amputee. Right. Um, but I am very happy to say that I feel like I have lived a very full life. Um, on on mostly my terms, you know. I think we don't. None of us can can live life fully uh, the way we always want to. But um, it it I, for the most part, my life has been very blessed. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, this is kind of like a very typical question that I've asked and answered even myself. But what what part of your like everyone kind of has a a period of time in their life where they knew like instantly like oh I'm definitely different. Do you remember like when that was for you? Um, I think it was. Oh, I remember fifth grade. 
fifth grade. So I, before fifth grade, I was mainstreamed. And for those people who aren't familiar with that term, it's essentially where a group of people or kids with disabilities are mainstreamed into a regular public school. So we go to classes alongside everybody else, but for any sort of physical education, PE, you know, um, physical therapist or occupational therapy type of things, we have space and time set aside in our day to be able to participate in those activities that are necessary for a lot of us. Um, and so um, I really, like, so I didn't know consciously how different I was. Um, at In fifth grade, they decided to release me from the mainstream program and allow me to go to my uh, district school in the neighborhood I was living in. Mm-hmm. And so... It, rather than being part of a group of kids with disabilities streamed into a, a, a public school, I was the only one with a disability. And I think I still wasn't conscious of it until the teachers made it a big deal. And they showed on the first day of school, um, they showed this this really, you know, bad movie from the 70s to, like, help kids. And I get the idea of how you know, people with kids with disabilities are no different than you. And, you know, we can make them part of our community. And it was just like this effort to make me uh, accepted. But I think uh, it was like a, like a weird, I think it backfired, but I had, it was actually how I met my first friend uh, in school. So in the movie, there is a, a girl and a boy and the boy um, couldn't use his hands and so the girls like so um what happened was uh, during the pledge of allegiance uh, she put his her hand on his heart because he couldn't and so <laughs> during the movie she she turned next to me and she's like do you want me to put my hand on your heart <laughs> during the pledge of allegiance and i'm like no no thank you <laughs> so yes yeah, so, yeah i was just like oh nice to meet you <laughs> then we ended up becoming friends for a very long time after that yeah okay wow yeah that's very uh very very awkward uh yes <laughs> yeah I, I had something similar but it, no i i realized i was different well before this but when i was uh in college and i, I wrote a paper I don't remember what it was about, but I got like a 97 on it. So I got a really good grade and it was the highest grade in the class. And it wasn't even that it was the highest grade. It was also that not many kids were really applying themselves in this class. It was, it was like English something. I don't want one of the English classes. And I did. It. And she was like, Can, do you mind if I like talk about you a little? I didn't know what she was going to say. I had no idea. I was just like, sure. She was a really nice teacher, but you know, whatever. And so she was just like, I, I just want to bring attention to you guys. You guys are all, you know, essentially she was, I'm paraphrasing, but she's like, you guys are slacking and here you got this kid who's visually impaired and he comes in and he does this, and he does that. And you guys have full, perfect vision and you guys, and again, she was really being nice. So it was a little nicer kind of what they did because she didn't show a movie, but it was like, <laughs> my God, like, I don't want this attention. I barely talked to anybody in this class anyway. And now you're drawing attention to this. I was like, oof, like, God, I don't, I don't want this. But I mean, you know, and again, some people came up, I was like, oh, nice job. But I'm like, I guess I don't really care. I don't even care about this class. I just want to get out of here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, but I, I think it's funny, you know, and I think that's the key, right? So we can look back on these experiences and kind of laugh and snicker a little bit. It's like, oh my gosh. Like, I mean, some people could be really traumatized with those experiences. Whereas, you know, others can be like, oh, gosh, that was 
an awkward experience in the moment, but looking back at it, I can like laugh at it or see how, how awkward that, that whole thought that experience was. So, yeah. Well, and, you know, there's also that cringeworthy cringeworthiness where you're like, Oh God. But yeah. It's, yeah. But again, I, I, I said to you, like I was saying to you, like we, we all kind of know when we have that moment where it's like, Oh, we're different. Cause I, I, when you said mainstream, I haven't heard that term in so long. Where it, you know, cause it's, I think they also had another term for it too. Cause I was in a class with a bunch of visually impaired kids and then it was like, okay, you're too advanced for this because we're teaching you last year's work, uh, go to this class. And then it was just a nightmare because I didn't, I was so behind. Oh, I had the intelligence, but it was just, it was throwing me into a whole different ocean, you know, another, a whole other body of water with all these new creatures. And it's like, oh, look, survive. And it's like, oh, this sucks. And it was really where, you know, because when you're around a bunch of people who have that issue, it you, you none of you can really make fun of each other. I mean, it, it does happen in the disability community where, you know, I'm sure, you you know, someone with an amputee, maybe they're, maybe they have one arm or one leg and they'll make fun of the person who, you know, doesn't have any. Like it happens in the, the blind and visually impaired community. They, you know, visually impaired people will make fun of the blind people. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but it's still pretty rare overall because we're all struggling through stuff. But when you, when when you're in a class that's just, you're just used to it, it's kind of the unsung thing. Like it's the thing that you just don't talk about. It's like, okay, yeah, we're, we're all visually impaired here and we're just having fun. And, you know, if you don't like each other, it's because, you know, you're ugly or you have a weird last name or something. But it has nothing to do mm-hmm. with that. But then when you actually are thrown in with perfectly able-bodied people and you're just, you know, saying, here, survive. And it's like, well, they're used to this. You're used to what you're used to. And now you're the one person in the room with... You know, I'm I'm the blind kid in the room. Even though I'm not totally blind, you're the blind kid, and it, it's a realization that's kind of hard to swallow, especially uh, the older you get. Because you, you know, when you're young, you're kind of like dumb to the world. You don't really know what is what and what isn't. But then once you start to grow up a little bit, you mature a little. Bit, puberty and all that hits you. It it, it definitely gets harder. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, but you know, I feel like though it, those experiences. Uh, shape us into oh, yeah. the adults we have become uh, also, right? Because like I just took this, finished up this six week uh, emotional intelligence class. Mm-hmm. And um, the last week they talked about, you know, these triggers and traumas and, you know, and I, and I raised my hand and I said, you know, as a parent, I feel like there's no escaping traumatizing my child. Yeah. And I feel like, how do you not do that? Or how do you deal with, you know, being a, a part of the, their trauma as they get older? And, and so, you know, what they said is that, yeah, you're right. There is no way you're going to escape traumatizing your child, <laughs> even with the best intentions. It's going to happen. But going through those traumas actually shape who they are and the journey it's part of the journey that they're on in life. And so kind of looking at it from that perspective of like, wow, you know, we, we've gone through a lot and we have endured, we've survived, we've thrived in a lot of situations more than survived. We've excelled, we've failed. And, and yet all of that as awkward and as uncomfortable as that those experiences have been or could be, it's part of who part of our journey and our experience and perspective and who who we are and who we are becoming yeah 
Now, have you ever had the moment? Because again, your 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 situation is pretty rough from the outside, and I mean, I know it is rough regardless. But have you ever had that moment where you bumped into somebody who was worse? And I've, like example, of course, I've worked and have friends that are totally blind. Uh, also, I've interviewed a bunch of people with many disabilities that I perceive to be worse than mine. But for, as an example, I had a guy on named Phil from the UK. He's an entrepreneur, great guy, but he's paralyzed from the waist down. And he uh, is a story I tell a lot because it, 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 it kind of encapsulates, encapsulizes the whole thing for me is that he, he bumped in, he was really feeling low because he was 19. He drove himself off of, uh, off the road from a motorcycle into some train tracks, paralyzed himself at 19. He was kind of being rebellious, and now he realized he just ruined his whole life. Uh, and he bumped into a guy who was paralyzed from the jaw down. Now, um, Phil can use his shoulders. This guy can't. He can only use his like muscles in his face. Uh, and the guy was cracking jokes with him and saying like, "Hey, dude, lighten up! Like you can use your arms." And like that guy kind of changed his whole outlook on life. Uh, so, have you had like have you bumped into anybody who I guess I don't know I guess you would perceive to be more worse off than you that, that kind of made you more happy about your situation or, or just appreciate and love <laughs> who you are more? It's the Jerry Springer complex, right? Like, oh, I watch those shows because I can be like, wow, my life is way better than theirs. Um, (laughs) um, You know, it is, I I think what you, what the key word that in your question was perceived, right? Because I think if we just take all sorts of disabilities and put them side by side, what difference between each one in terms of severity and limitations and quality of life really is about the perception. Um, So, you know, for me, I feel so blessed to be in this body. Um, I, you know, I've met people who are paralyzed, um, you know, quadriplegics from the neck down and, you know, they have all their arms and legs. So on the outside, they look complete, but I feel like I have more mobility or something like I have no idea what it's like to be visually impaired or blind. Like for me, I could perceive that to be worse off than me, but there are things that you can do that I can't do. Right. So I feel like it's all about perception. um, And I feel like when we can bring it back to ourselves and really focus on, on, on who we are and what our capabilities are, not in comparison or in relation to anybody worse or better, then that's where we can really set ourselves free. Because inherent in that question is like, you know, it's it's used for good in the sense that like, yes, well, I feel so much better about my life because I don't have to live in your body. Um, But at the same time, we can turn that around and it could be very, you know, we could use it as like, wow, look how much better they are in their life and my life sucks. So it's a very, um, I love the question, but it can be very dangerous because, you know, whenever we compare ourselves, we can get a complex of, you know, either I'm better or I'm worse. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it could lead to a, a place that we don't always want to go and it doesn't serve us. So I feel like it's, um, you know, I, I would challenge people. So what other people do, what we do for others, able-bodied people, is we 
bring perspective. Like your teacher used you to bring perspective to the other students in the class, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so we do bring perspective shifts into the world mm-hmm. without having to also like be the, um, I guess, vic- not, not victim, but I, I, there's something there about we can, we can be the perspective shift that people need, but we don't have to be at the effect of it. Yeah. Right. So I feel like, um, and, and we all need those perspective shifts in our life. Sometimes it's not about disability. Sometimes it's like, Oh my God, I can't believe you lost your husband and your two kids in that car accident. And you're still going and you're still wanting to spread a message of hope and healing after you had to go through that ordeal. Right. So for me, that could be a perspective shift that I, I would never want that experience, but that experience could be used to shift my perspective as much as we can be used to shift other people's perspective. Right. I just mean, as far as when you, when you're at your, when we're like emotionally at our lowest and we're starting to really feel bad about ourselves, sometimes we bump into that one person that wakes us up and says, Hey, like, look, it gets way worse than this. And like in my case, totally blind would be my equivalent. Uh, and like I said, in Phil's case, there was a guy who was totally, he was paralyzed from the jaw down, whereas he's paralyzed from the shoulders down. And, and he was so positive and, and, and just a sweet guy and just changed his whole outlook on, okay, look, yes, I guess that you can spin it and say like, okay, yeah, you can look, use it in a negative way and say like, ah, see, all right, I have shoulders and you know my arms do work. And in my case, my eyes do work a little bit. I am better than you, but that, that's, you know, obviously that's not where I was going with it, but. Well, and oftentimes I think the emotional shit, the emotional down is because we are feeling like we can't. Yeah, yeah. Like we're feeling very victimized by our disability. Yeah. So, and we are comparing ourselves to others. And I feel like that can often, like, that's, that's where my mind goes. Whenever I have those down moments, like where I'm in, like, in the trenches, trenches of, like, the ugly cry and the frustration and the anger toward God, I'm, it's because, why can they just pick up a pencil when they drop it and I can't? Why can they shower when they, whenever they want and I can't? Why can they get themselves food whenever they want and I can't? You know, so it's actually those thoughts of comparison that spiral me down. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to try to stay away from it as possible because, like, even when I do it, like, I never compare myself to them, but when I when I interview somebody who's going through something, it, it does make me appreciate my like if someone's you know I had a friend who has spina bifida and he's got leg braces, like it made me or people who are paralyzed, it made me like appreciate my legs more. Like it makes me it makes me I never look at them as like oh you're beneath me. I just I, I start to actually when I'm, I'm evolving, I'm I'm appreciating the things that I you know I'm, I'm going away from the things that I don't have and appreciating the things that yeah. I do have. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess you, I guess you can make see that's the thing you can make a case positively, negatively for literally everything. Um, you just gotta right. go basically where someone's heart is at and where the intent is. And I never look at it like, oh boy, like thank God I'm not deaf. I just go, look, I'm so happy that my hearing is much better now because of my eyes being so bad. Like, yeah, I still get depressed. I still, yeah. you know, whatever with my eyes, but I am grateful that I don't have you know, lupus or whatever. Like, I'm just happy I don't have these other things. It has nothing to do with, oh, you know, aha, 
you have that and I don't. No, because again, I wouldn't interview these people. I wouldn't talk about it. I wouldn't, because I try to learn. Yeah, I have no idea what it's like to be an amputee other than from people who I've had on who are amputees. And um, I'm super fascinated. Again, the reason why I said, when just talking to you for those few minutes on the uh, thing we did the other day, it was just really amazing to see someone, you know, and it's very humbling as a person just to see someone who could easily cry and could easily give up on life. And you're just so positive and it's, it, it, you know, it's magnetizing because it's like, wow, like this person like could be so, you know, you could have, you have every right to be angry and sad, but you're, you're using everything you've learned to just be positive and happy and, and, and put out great energy in this world where there's people that have just about everything and are so negative and, and do nothing but put bad energy into the world. And, and like I said, you're a person that like, you know, should be revered for just that. Because it's it's something that is very is lacking in, in humankind nowadays of being able to put yourself in other people's shoes and just being kind to others and and just putting yeah. good out energy even if your story is a little shitty. Mm-hmm. And you know, I love what you're saying because I feel like what your podcast does is it creates the bridges of empathy for people. Yeah, and so what you're you know you're your curiosity is a catalyst for understanding and that is really beautiful yeah i appreciate it yeah and again i don't you know i like to learn with the audience because i don't know what it's like to have these other conditions i really don't um i only know what is is what i have i know what it's like to go through excruciating pain i know what it's like to be depressed i know what it's like to be bullied and all the things because of it and um i know what it's like to just struggle in every way possible but it doesn't mean I know. I just, I can try to put myself in your shoes. I know what it's like to, you know, have no skin and be in agonizing pain. But yeah, that's not what it's like to, to go through some, one of these, some of these chronic illnesses like, you know, you know, fibromyalgia or whatever, but it, it, I can imagine what it's like to be in pain. Um, and so you just, you got to use your story and compare it and, and, you know, just don't look at it as a, like what is better and what's not. It's just like, okay, just have empathy and give a shit. And that's something that like, People right. with disabilities have that is such an underrated quality that you cannot buy. You cannot just obtain it out of nowhere. It is something that we're born with beyond just our inner strength and all that, but like empathy. And again, I said it to you on that whole thing and I've said it on here. It, it, it's, it's, it's kind of funny about how we're perceived to be the broken people, but we're always the ones that are trying to help people and, and, and do good. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times we do it and not even making time for ourselves and we haven't even healed ourselves. We're, we're so bent on just trying to help others because that's what helps us get us through the day because it, it's nice to feel needed because there's certain areas in the world that we're not like for me and I'm, I'm for you, I'm sure as well, we can't drive. So, I mean, I don't know if you can't, but I definitely can't drive and I am never going to be needed in that area. And I would love to be the one that just drives my friends around who are visually impaired or have a disability, but I can't. I have to accept that that is like one of my very few limitations and not go with what people tell me my limitations are. So it's, you know, like I said, I, I thrive in being around people like you because it's, it, it makes me a stronger person. It makes me appreciate who I am and what I've been through and then, you know, and not focus on what I lack. Um, and You know, again, that's one of the reasons why I've told people, I think I'm just going to cancel all like, any kind of news things on my phone because every time I read it, it's just bad news and mm-hmm. and just negativity. And I just I've gotten a lot of negative people out of my life. Like I just want positive, like positivity. And it sounds cheesy and like hippie ish, but it's true. I just wanted like it's I'm just tired of the negative shit in my life. I just it's 
I have enough crap to be sad and angry about, but I can't sit and dwell on it because that's how you, you know, become just super angry and, and you know, suicidal and all these things that come from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I think, you know, like what you said is, what you said earlier is that we're so focused on healing other people that we forget to heal ourselves. But I feel like the the place where you're at and the place where I'm at, we've had to do a lot of healing with ourselves. Sure, sure. Because and it's important to focus on on healing yourself because when you can come from your disability from a healed place, that translates to other people and they feel that and they're like, oh. You know, it's not just us blowing smoke up there, you know, but because we want to focus on them, but we we are able to help people because we are healed and we are well adjusted in our current circumstances that we know we can't change. I can drive, by the way. Um, And yeah, and and, you know, that, that was, that's such a blessing, right? But there are a lot of things that I can't do. Like my friends wanted to like, I'll go do a girl's trip to a different island. Well, it's a little more complicated than that for me. I can't just hop on a plane and, you know, get in someone else's car. You know, there's just a lot more things that I have to do. So there are a lot of times when I say um, that, I, you know, like I'm going to pass on this opportunity because I, it just, it's too much or it's just not really possible. Or like I live in Hawaii going to the beach and running into the waves with my son and, and, and playing. And, you know, that's something that it takes a lot more effort to do every little thing. And so, um, but I'm able to say these things and I recognize my limitations from a place of healed, from a place of it is what it is because, and you said, just said it, you accept yourself. And really, when we're come to a place of full acceptance, that's when I think full, you know, the healing can can happen, um, and and does happen. Uh, but it's you know, it's this it's this understanding that we are here. Like I love that that you're right. A lot of people with disabilities just want to serve the world, and um, in whatever capacities that they can, or or you know, what they feel like they're called to serve the world. But oftentimes, um, you know, we need to, and this not just goes for people with disabilities, it goes for people without disabilities. You need to be able to serve a, the world from a place where that you, you're, you're already healed and feel pa- empowered by, right? Because broken doesn't fix broken. No, um, not at all. No, so we have to... It is very important to work on ourselves in order for us to be able to um, serve the world in a in a bigger capacity. Um, and I, I feel like that's what you're doing because you accept yourself so much that you have the capacity to put yourself in other people's shoes when you interview them and really hear their experiences and and validate their experiences, yeah. even if you don't know what those experiences are. So I'd give yourself a little more credit. You are told you are fully, <laughs> you, yeah, I was, you know, not yeah. that we don't. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, again, I'm not saying currently, I, I'm just saying there's, there's a lot of people who really do. And I've been in those at that point where there's times where I was dangling from a ledge mentally, but I'm still talking to people off the ledge. 
Uh, I'm not saying currently, Uh, but I mean, there's a lot of times that we try to help people even when we don't know how to help ourselves. And that's not, you're right, that's not just disability. But I mean, people with disabilities are always trying to help people. And we have so much on our plate as it is. And sometimes we take away from what we're trying to do just because it's a distraction or, or whatever. But we try to... We just try to help others, and sometimes we don't even know how to help ourselves, but we, we, we're so bent on helping others because it is some kind of joy we get out of life. And sometimes you got to hold on to the littlest joys that you can get. Um, but there, again, I, yeah, and I'm in a better place now. Again, I still deal with my depression and stuff, but I'm at a better place but I think, currently. Yeah, but I think because we've experienced those dark places, that sh- those shadows of life, it makes us more capable to be empathic for those that are going through it now, right? Because because you know what it's like to be in the dark. You're willing to go into the dark to go get somebody to bring them out. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, that's another reason why, like, because, again, I could have come on here and just talk about amputees and just look up stuff, but I'd rather have people who have the experience. <laughs> I was just saying this to somebody. I did a podcast for someone else, and I said one of the things that bugs me is I hate when people say, I'm a, men- let's say, a mental health professional. And it's like, then you, you look into their background, and it's like, what is your experience with mental health? Because if you haven't been suicidal, if you haven't been in the darkest places where you've hated yourself, hated others, hated happiness, hated anything – you're not really much of a professional. I'm not saying you can't help, but I, I, me personally, as a person who has struggled with it, I would take, uh, to me, a professional is not a person who went to school for it. It's a person who actually just lives it and struggles with it, but also does finds a way to pull some good out of that dark place and, and uses it to help others who are struggling. Um, to me, yeah. those are professionals. So the same thing with like with this. Like I, I want to talk to somebody who suffers, who who you know, who has been through this. You know, like I said, I don't want to talk about what it's like to be an amputee because I'm not one, and I'd rather let people hear it from a person who is. So again, I ignorantly asked, said that you don't drive. So how do you drive? Because you know, a lot of people <laughs> would love to know, just, as I would. Yeah. So I'll describe it the best way I can, since this is just an audio. Um, so I actually drive, I do have, uh, maybe about, um, maybe six inches of, or maybe five inches of, uh, of a stub from my shoulder down. Um, and so I do have a little bit of a, you know, kind of an arm. Um, and so I use a a kind of like a joystick or, you know, how, how pilots drive, uh, airline, I mean, an aircraft where, they push forward to go to accelerate, pull back to brake, turn, uh, they, they turn it, um, like, to 180 degrees to the right to go right and 180 degrees to the left to go left. So, or 90 degrees, sorry, not 180. Um, and so that my joystick is, works like that, like a pilot, um, tool. And then, so I use my arm to do that. And then the other, so those are the primary driving functions that you need, um, Signaling, honking the horn, wipers, because I live in a rainforest, and brights, your lights, you know, turn on your brights on your headlights. Um, That's all done with these little toggle switches to my left that I can push up or down um, to turn on um, and handle different functions. And then I have a whole panel of buttons that I use a mouse stick to use for any secondary functions like opening the window, turning on the radio, adjusting my... Um, temperature in the car. So, you know, those things can be done with my mouse stick. 
Uh, so that is essentially how I drive, and I just actually just take my chair and roll it in through the ramp and park it at the driver's seat area, um, and it locks my chair in that way, and then I'm able to drive from my wheelchair. And it's, it's like, <sighs> it took me seven years to get my license. And I was, that. was there any pushback with that? Because, like, I mean, I'm sure from the outside, people are just going to yeah. there's no way in hell. Like, you know, just allowing yeah. you on the road sounds dangerous. So uh, I'm sure there was a lot of fight to, to get that to happen. Yeah, so it was through the Department of Vocational Rehabilitation. Every state has one. I was in California at the, first time, at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, it required me to go back and forth from Northern California to Southern California on their dime. They paid for me and an attendant to go down every quarter. Um, so every three months, um, take care of hotel, take care of food, take care of ground transportation and air transportation. And they, like, three and a half years in, they're like, Pauline, look, this isn't working. Um, but I actually, they didn't even say that because they're like, Pauline. And I'm like, nope, don't even say another word. Because I knew exactly. I knew they wanted to give up. Because, you know, logically, it made sense. We've been working at this for almost four years. It was like three and a half or three and a three quarter years that we were working on trying to figure out all the details of how to drive. And I was just, I was like, no, please, you can't say this because you said if there was any hint that I could do this, we would not stop trying to figure out a way. And I don't know how, but I know there's a way. And I just need you to hold on a little bit longer. Well, in those three and a half years that I was, they, they were trying to figure out how I drive. See, I drive my wheelchair with my, my little tiny foot. And so they always thought that, okay, well, you drive your wheelchair with your foot, you'll drive a car with your foot. But my foot and my wheelchair, are, it requires um, fine motor control, but so does driving. Um, and But I use my base of my, like my hips down to also handle my balance. Well, in a car, when you're turning right or turning left, your balance is shifted a lot more than it is in a wheelchair. So for three and a half years, they kept trying to help me drive with my chip, my my foot. Um, and I kept saying, you know, I really feel like we should try my arm. I really feel like we should do this. But they couldn't see it. Like, I was willing to think outside the box, but they couldn't see it. And oftentimes with our disabilities, we're often having to deal with people who have such closed-minded thinking that... And we're so used to thinking outside the box that it's really hard to convince people to see our vision. And um, so three, three and a half, three and a quarter, three quarter years into this thing, they were like ready to give up. And I just, I just had such a belief that I kept them hanging on. Well, about a couple months later, a woman without arms and legs, literally no arms and legs, who drove her wheelchair with her arm came in to be re- to be evaluated for her car to be able to drive and within a few hours they approved her and so the next time I came up they're like Pauline Pauline we're gonna try driving with your arm <laughs> okay. and I'm like oh okay thanks and within a few hours I was approved wow that's cool yeah I I, I love yeah. what you're saying there because that's that you know and again I I, I don't 
I, I sometimes I think a lot of people with disabilities tend to go on this like witch hunt war of it's us versus able-bodied people, and I don't think that's that's not fair because there's a lot of great able-bodied people that do great things, and I'm not just talking about parents and caregivers, just people that just care. Um, uh-huh. But there is a certain system that's like in place in in the workplace and wherever where it's just like their their mindset is for them and not for us and it's hard and again i understand there's so many of us in the disability community it's hard to accommodate every one of us but it's just have an open mind and have the ability to care and and just try to understand because they look at it like oh you know i because in in my case i've had people say you can't do this because well i tried it blindfolded or i did this and i've seen people try to do this stuff and it's like are you shitting me like you have the realization again i'm not totally blind but it was more for blind people specifically, but it, it still affected me. But it's like, you can't do this because I tried it blindfold. It's like, yeah, but you have the realization of being able to take that off. Mentally, you, you're you not checked. Like, you're not in our world. You don't, it's not all or nothing or, you know, there is, it. you know, you either try this and fail. Um, like, you could fail at it and just take your blindfold off and succeed at it the way you normally am. But I, Guys like us don't like people like us. We don't have a choice, so we will find a way around it. As I've said so many times, like being a person with a disability is like trying to get into a house that has no doors or windows. But we have to find a way in. And people just look, you know, and people is like, well, you know, that sounds ridiculous. But it's like, no, to you, it's ridiculous because you like. That's why it's really hard for us to accept our you know, our, what we accomplish, like having our own house. Like for you, driving is a real accomplishment, even though driving is a, a normal thing for the average person. But for you, is an uh-huh. actual real accomplishment. And sometimes we have trouble appreciating and accepting our accomplishments, like me having my own place and, and, and working and doing that. But it's like, yeah, but I'm one of 25% of us who are working. Like you don't understand, that's not a thing for us. And I have had, I've had to go through every hurdle. I've had to be super humiliated and embarrassed to have people talk to me like I'm stupid, even though my problem is my eyes and not my brain. And it's just like uh-huh. it, it's it's and it, yeah, it, it's a, it's a very just a lack of you know, of course empathy. But there's a lot of things that just stop telling me what my hurdles and what my my limitations are because you just don't know what my limitations are i will find them and trust me they will bother the hell out of me but i'm going to find them you're not going to tell me what mine are and and it, it's uh-huh. it, it, it sucks when you know someone like you has to wait seven years to drive and i'm sure deep down in your mind you were pretty like oh, i don't know if i could do this but once you oh no i knew okay. i just didn't know how when you can have that conviction that faith of like I know there is a way, like I had no doubt in my mind that there was going to be a way. I may not have known how, but I absolutely know with every fiber of my being that I could do it. And I think that's one of our superpowers as people with disabilities is we can see things that other people can't. Like, I mean, there have been, like, I remember when we moved to Hawaii and by logic, this would not have been possible, but we rented a, we landed in Hawaii. We had me, my husband, our two teenage kids, and my, and our, our new, our four month old baby. Um, my wheelchair, a, a car seat, uh, all our luggage, we each had two luggages each, including our, our, my baby, because we wanted to get the luggage. You know, this is when luggage was still free, right? Um, and, uh, and a stroller. And we rented an SUV. 
and my husband said, okay, I'm going to take, um, I'll take this kid and, and all the, all of our stuff and drive it to the other side of the island, which was two hours away from where we landed in, in the airport and then come back for you. So it had been a total of at least five hours with me and the, my teenage daughter and our, and our um, baby, uh, waiting at the airport. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. You are not leaving us here. We will get everybody and everything in this car. I don't care what it takes. And <laughs> by golly, we did. I have no idea. Like when I look back at that, I'm like, how did we even do that? That was like, that was a crazy ask of me. But I was not like, I, I'm like, you are not leaving me here <laughs> for five hours. Um, and, and we made it happen. And so um, I'm like, we could do this, we could do this, we could sit for this thing here. And I feel like people with disabilities are able to see things that other people can't necessarily always see because of the different, like, I love your analogy, having, getting into a house with no windows and doors. You want to find out how to get into that house? Ask a disabled person. <laughs> like, we, like, every think tank should have at least one person with a disability on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't like I said, I, I people, I, I just the reason why I thrive around them so much because they're so strong. Again, like talking to you, it, it it it's so awesome to just hear someone who has that drive and that passion. Because again, you know, like I I, I brought this story. There was this one woman. She was just when I was living in Philly at the time. She was like in her like motor scooter wheelchair thingy. And she was flying around town. She didn't have legs and she was just flying around. And I just remember being in all of her because she knows people are going to stare. She knows people are judging her. She knows like it just, everything is harder for her, but she was smiling. She was just enjoying the day. And it was just like, just, I saw it was, you know, it was a, a quick five, six second thing, but I was just like, wow, that, well, awesome. that woman is awesome. I don't know her. I mean, she, you know, could have been a mean lady. I don't know. But just what she was, <laughs> what she was doing in that minute just made me just like feel happy to be alive and just to have a disability. And, uh, it's yeah. the, the strength. And I think that's strength. another, super, yeah, I think that's another superpower of ours is like, we can, um, we're able to show up in the world as, you know, as joy, as fully living, as thriving, and even in the face of our circumstances. And, you know, I know, like, in the disability world, there was this big debate, like, inspiration porn. Don't call me an inspiration, um, but we'd like to call you, an, you know, like, there's this big debate around it being called an inspiration, right? Um, you know that debate, right? Right, right, right. It's kind of like yeah. how uh, a lot of uh, like basketball players, celebrities, they say they're not role models, and it's like a huge, right. it's a huge debate with them if they are or aren't, and that's how they get away with like, oh, I'm gonna do a bunch of debauchery and you know, but I'm not a role model. But it's like, yeah, but a bunch of kids look up to you, like it, you, right? You can't help that, right? And so, what I love about what you're doing with your show is that you're embracing us as inspirations like for yourself, for other people, because I don't have a problem with someone calling me an inspiration because it is not my disability that they find inspiring. It is my attitude that they find inspiring in the face of my disability. So I wear the, you and I wear our circumstances on, on the outside. 
and we can show, and how we show up in the face of those circumstances is what people find inspiring. So if you're disabled, I, I guarantee you put someone like me or someone in a wheelchair like me and we both walk into target and one person is like angry and, and like saying, telling the people like, stop staring at me or making um, like F you comments, you know, F you for looking at me or what you think I can't do it. Like having that attitude. And I, you know, was also going about my day going around shopping and like, Hey, you know, like being happy and, and joyful. They would call me inspiring. They would not call the other person inspiring. Yeah. And what, but we're both have a disability. Yeah. I, so I, what's, what's the difference maker? No. Yeah. I think we absolutely are. If someone's inspired, they're inspired. And again, everybody, it can, not everybody puts it the right way. And every, but some, you just gotta, again, you gotta pick up on intent. And that's one of the things we're good at, like picking up on, you know, a lot of things we're, we're, we're you know, that's why I always joke about like, I said like the real blind people in the world are the people that are just so biased and can't see what's right in front of them as a person who can't see that all that well. I pick up on a lot of things that most people don't and it's right in front of them. It's right there. That's why I don't have any political bias. That's why I don't, you know, I'm not racist or I'm not whatever because I don't give a shit about all that stuff. Um, and I've always said like, I wonder what it would like if the world was just blind for a year. Like how could people judge each other because they could only go by voice and touch as far as like, you know, I mean, you can go by smell and taste too, but in general, the two you would use is touch and, and, and hearing and, and you couldn't judge, you couldn't be racist. You could, but you, who would you know is what and who wasn't um, other than the people you already kind of know in your circle. But let's just say you did the little like men in black pen thing and you wiped everybody's memory as far as what people look like. Um, and now you're totally blind. Like, you you could just be mean to people, but you're just being mean. You can't do it based on someone's race or or their gender or whatever. Um, right. And it's just yeah, it's, it's it's so nice to just you know have that inner strength and just like yeah, I don't mind being uh, you know a role model for somebody or helping someone, even if they're not a person with a disability, even if it's just the mental health part or, or just someone who's going through something. They look at me and go like, man, like what am I sad for? Like this person has something, something to be sad about. And I'm, I'm sitting here bitching about this. I need to get off my ass. Like any way we can help anybody to just, who's down in the dumps, uh, whatever. And sometimes your, your energy can be very, very infectious. And, and, you know, cause people automatically want to look at us like, Oh, we're the sad story. Like, Oh no. And it's like, dude, I don't need that shit. I'm good. You don't got to hold my hand. I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not saying I'm, you know, always happy. I'm always like this, but I'm appreciating that I am having a good day that I can see some and, and all these different things. Just, just treat me normal. And, and if you see me as a role model or whatever, cool. Like, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Like I, I had a moment recently with a guy. I, my grandma thought it was mean or whatever. And I, I took it as it was, but there was a guy at Dunkin' Donuts drive through and he was like, can I pray for your eyes? And I'm like, eh. I'm like, go ahead, dude. Make it, make, make it quick. He he meant because make it quick. Because <laughs> his intent was to mean he meant well. I don't right. think he was judging me. I don't think he was being a dick. He really seemed like a nice person. He's just super religious, and but he 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 just he was trying to be nice. And I'm like, look, man, just get make it quick and let's go. And and he's like, all right, and and it was over. And I was like, thank you, I appreciate it. But like, I wouldn't do that every day. I wouldn't be you know ten times a day. Like every so often, whatever. But it's like again you have to pick up on what someone is trying to put at you or give at you like if you if you think the person is judging you then yeah you don't deal with it but 
I know he meant to, he meant well. I, I, I'm not saying it didn't annoy me. It did. But it's like, ah, he's trying to be nice, so whatever. If it makes him feel better, whatever. And again, I'll, I'll take the prayers, I guess. It's not going to help. But thanks. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, that's part of when we heal ourselves, when we can come to a place where we're, like, fully acceptant of who we are and our circumstances. Yeah. We can separate other people's reactions to us and not own them. Like, I know anytime someone cries, praise, um, uh, worships, uh, you know, um, uh, is, 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 looks disgusted by my, by engaging with me or is just seeing me mm-hmm. that it's there. That's a reflection of where they're at, not me. Yeah. So I'm not going to own their reactions. I'm not going to feel bad when someone wants to cry for me and feels really sad and doesn't know how they would handle it because it's about them. I don't care if people find me inspiring. I don't care if people look at me with disgust or, you know, like it doesn't matter because it's not mine. It's theirs. But I can have that kind of strength to draw the boundary and really understand what is mine and what is not. Because, you know, in a way, when we come into this world that's not really made for us, we are treated as if we are broken it's in our systems it's in our you know how people what people expect of us in our school systems it's it's in the receiving of benefits you know it's all we're treated as if we're broken and to be able to say i'm I'm, i arise above that i have um i i reject that uh, outlook of who I am that takes us a, a, an inner strength about a person um, to say yeah like you know because I, I, I actually I host a, a monthly call it's a, it's a monthly live zoom call that I host once a month it's called Crip Chat and um, anyone is, is welcome to sign up and join with us but la- every month I take a, a topic that is relevant to people with disabilities um, usually it's about anything like last, this this month was about money and we talked about it and we talked about how many times do, do we stop ourselves from really f- fulfilling the potential that we know we have inside us because we want to make sure we keep our benefits. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, that's something I've talked about so much. It's yeah. I mean, and, 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 uh, right. and the fact that people, there's the people that look at us and it's like, well, like, you know, like for where I work and it's like, well, if you get laid off, you have your disability. It's like, you know how stupid that sounds? My disability covers my rent. That's all it does. Uh-huh. Like you, you think that what you think just cause I get you, don't you understand? Like if I make, cause I, I have it pretty well right now where I make almost the max and I get a decent amount every month and I get a decent check. But if I make any more, like I'm making $13 an hour or something like that, 1350, but I also, I'm only working 32 hours a week. Now, it, that's nice because I don't have to work Thursdays and I don't have to work the weekend. Well, we don't work the weekend there anyway. But it's nice to have these days off. But yeah, I kind of want to work more. But if I do, I lose my impeccable insurance that covers everything. And I lose whatever it is, 1100 a month or whatever it is I get. It's like it's not worth it. Now, w- would we want to lose our disability if it meant we would make a lot more and, and we'd be happier and so on? Sure, but it's such a security blanket and companies are not going to accommodate us for that. 
And it's just, it's, it's something that, again, disability isn't everything, but it is something for us. But it is, again, it's also not the end all be all. And yeah, it's amazing how much, you know, people don't understand like the money things. Cause again, and it's also what a lot of people don't know is that it, it's also pending on what your disability is, because I know a lot of learning disabilities, they're not allowed to work a lot of, a lot of hours. But like for like visually impaired and blind people, we kind of have a little more leeway. We can kind of work as many hours as long as we don't go over a certain amount monthly. Well, actually more adds up towards the end of the year, especially when you get the SSDI. But yeah, it, it, there's so many traps and so many things in it that you could easily lose your disability or, or at least get lost in the shuffle where they just like stopped accounting for what you're making. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, now you owe us $6,000. It's like, how am I paying that? Right. And it's like, well, we're going to just take out 600 of your 1100 every month. It's like, well, there goes my money issues. You know, like it's, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so we actually, the, the way the system is currently set up, it says stay broken. Yeah. But then remember what we were talking about the other day when I, I was talking about the word disabled and, the, and the, if you add a, you take the D off, it just means you don't work. You know, if you're going to disable a, an alarm, it no longer works. Well, we're, we're, we're perceived as the people who don't work or we're, we're broken. And, you know, again, again, I'm not a word person. I am not for banning words. I, I think people are way too sensitive these days. And everyone, Me too. <laughs> everyone is coming up with something. And it's like, look, man, I got a lot of issues. And at the end of the day, whatever. You want to call me the blind kid? I don't give a shit anymore. It does not bother right. me. Right. It's, you know, yeah. I am so I know. Happily, Someone's like... I'm just gonna say I'm so happily a straight straight white male. That's just what I was born. That's what I am. That's what I'm into. I can't help any of those things. I'm not proud to be any of those things. I don't give a shit about any of those things. I'm just who I am. And the problem is we we're so divided. And again, that's a big problem in our in a disabled community is we're so we're so focused on our own conditions. A lot of times we don't come together to help each other. And that's why it's like you could easily divide and conquer our community because of you know, there's so much shame and hatred and things within us that we, we tend to just not support each other enough. We're doing it. Like obviously what you and I are doing, Andrea, even though she doesn't have a disability, but her, her, her daughter. Um, but it, there's just not enough of us supporting each other. And it's just, it, I don't know. It's really, it's really sad. I've, I learned it by getting into this and, um, it's something that I'm, you know, I'm trying to do my part to just try to like bridge that gap for us because and again, I, I can only do my part. I can't do it by myself, but uh, yeah, right, right, and yeah, I, re- I appreciate your perspective because I never thought of it that way. Of like, our that our that our community is so fragmented. It could be fragmented based on disability. It could be now you hear a lot of like, well, we want to give. It's always the white disabled people that are being featured, and not the people of color with disabilities being featured. Because there's a whole other level there, or LGBTQ disabled, or you know. But at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. We all want the ability, you know, like the Constitution says, life, liberty, and the and for the pursuit of happiness. We all want that. Yeah. But even if you're like at 18 years old, I was like, oh, go to the security office, go get your benefits. So that said to me already, like, it's okay. You don't have to work. Yeah. You don't have, because we know that you don't, you may not have that much to contribute or you, you know, it will be harder for you to contribute or you're not, you're not, we just don't want you in the workplace because we don't make other people feel uncomfortable. Right. So like yeah. you could have, there's a lot of subconscious messages that are being, um, 
that are being given. And I'm not going to say that uh, they should just get fully get rid of benefits, but maybe, you know, change the way the system is. So, you know, the fact that I have a, a paying job that pays me more than the substantial gainful amount of 1200 something dollars a month doesn't make my disability go away. No. Yeah, right. I still need my $40,000 wheelchair. Right. I still need someone to come in, you know, $2,000 a month extra to pay for someone to come in and help me do my daily basic living needs. You know, so, uh, the, you know, I, I think benefits, there's a, a time and place for it, but how the, the messages that we receive and most of the times it's subconscious from yeah. society is that we're broken. And so it really is, and I'm really into people working on themselves. You know, primarily my clients are people without disabilities, um, visible disabilities, but, you know, some of them do have something here or there, but it's, it's not, I'm, so I'm really big on self-awareness and really um, helping you raise the level of your self-awareness because only from there can we help others yeah. from a place of power. Yeah. And so that's why I push that, that kind of thinking of like work on yourself first and, you know, gain that such inner strength and conviction about who you are and, and what you can bring to this world that even when the world is saying, here, we want to hand this to you because we don't think you could do it on your own. You, you could still stand strong and be like, great, I will take your benefits and I will still move forward in my potential. You know, like that won't stop me. Um, so, I, I, you know, I think there's this, um, there's a lot of learning that needs to happen, but that's just because we're human. And the, and the disabilities are just an added experience that actually has so much wisdom and gifts that it can offer us if we are willing to look at it that way. Yeah. I feel like it should be what jail is meant to be, which it isn't where (laughs) meaning the rehabilitating part where it's like you get to a certain point, like obviously disability is great for especially when you're young and you know, you can save it or it's obviously the insurance is there. Maybe it helps your parents who are helped taking care of you. It's there. But at a certain point there should be places and there are, but they're not really that great. Where it's like, we'll help you get a job, we'll help you get, you know, better benefits in other ways, and we'll help you find just ways to make real money. The problem is when you go to these little places where they help you get jobs, they're helping everybody. It's like, you know how many times someone tried to say, like, hey, there's a job available, would you like to be a forklift driver? It's like, are you, are you fucking dumb? Like, really? Like, are you, that's, this is why you, like, I, I, I literally worked at a place for about three hours. They sent me to one of the most dangerous places where there's cranes everywhere, there's just it, it. One guy actually said to me, uh, "You know, you're just gonna have to be careful on a daily basis because there's things constantly coming through here that could kill you." And I'm like, "Oh, great! My eyes already suck." Oh. And so then, and so this is this is the kicker. So then, the guy they had trained me was deaf, and I'm like, "Oh, this is oh. gonna be great!" And he's just doing stuff, and I'm like waving my hands behind his head. I'm like, "Well, he can't hear me." And so then the guy eventually came over. He's like, "Can you even do this job?" I'm like, "Look." You have really thick gloves on my hands, so my touch is gone. My hearing already sucks. My allergies suck, so I can't smell. And you have hearing protection on me. So I said, unless I can lick the buttons, we're pretty much screwed. Because <laughs> I'm like, because you, you basically impaired me entirely to where I can't do anything. And, and it, you know, it was flipping logs and all. The, it was something ridiculous. But it was like, this is one of these companies that sent me there. And I really feel like if there was just people that understood or people like us who were just help put it because the again the job market is so closed-minded that they don't you know there's people that i know that just will like oh i lost a 20 hour 20 
a dollar hour job and I just got another one. It's like, well, that sounds nice, but you know how much I have to mm-hmm. fight and earn, like really fight for what I have. And I think, but at the same token with the disability stuff, it's kind of like what the stimulus did for people. It makes people lazy. It's like, oh, here's two, yeah. not, not, I shouldn't even say the stimulus. It was the, 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 the unemployment that people were getting like 600 a month or 600 a week. And that made people go yeah. like, why the hell am I going to work at McDonald's or work at some bullshit restaurant where I'm getting oh, tips is all I'm getting and like plus $2 an hour when I can get $600 a week. It's like, and it made, but it, it was good for a lot of people, but it also made people so lazy. And then it was like, you had this real part where, Oh, now no one wants to come back to work. It's like, well, why would they? They get, they, they get, they're at a shitty job that treats them like crap and they're getting paid horrible. And now they're making money that they would never even get on unemployment if they were unemployed before the pandemic. So it's like, of course I would do that. But again, so it's the same thing with disability. A lot of people get really lazy because it's like, well, why I'm getting $1,200 a month and I don't have to work and I don't have to do this and I don't have to do that. And it's just, I don't have to pay for anything. Like everything's great. Well, and it's not just $1,200 a month. It's um, free care for someone to come in and take care of you. It's um, very low cost house housing. Yep. Um, transportation is often covered. Mm-hmm. So it's all the other fringe benefits that come with it that I understand it's scary to let go of. It's a trap though. But but it also makes you stagnant. Yeah, very complex. And yeah, and and it can really put you in a position of entitlement yeah. if you're not careful. And, can... and so and and so oftentimes so like actually with Crip Chat, you know, I was doing it once a week as a response to quarantine. And then I brought it up. I'm like, hey, you know, if you, you know, I'm looking at maybe turning this into a membership. Um, and I did a survey, like, how much, how much would you pay for all of, you know, for what it is that I, that this community can offer, um, a month? And I said, eleven dollars, twenty-two dollars, thirty-three dollars, or other. And fifty percent of people who answered their survey said eleven dollars, and fifty percent of of the other people argued why they should get it for free. Yeah. Course. And so I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Right. So, um, you know, it, it, so it's really interesting how they, how a lot of people and this could, you know, disabled or anyone, anyone who's, who um, is at the effect of any system, system, systemic benefits, right? Yeah. And it, there's, there's a, a danger in allowing yourself, like you said, to get complacent and to actually not fulfill your vision or your your potential of what you were created to be, because there's so much potential. Like I said, I was like, well, this is a superpower of having a disability. Uh, you know, like uh, another superpower is like we've had to fight so hard for everything that we get. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if if you're you know if you're willing. Some of pe- some people with disabilities are some of the most mentally tough yep. people in the world, yeah. um, because we've had to be if we want more out of life. If we demand more out of life, I had a professor one time in college um, come up to me after she assigned a ten-page paper, and she pulled me aside. She's like, "Look, Pauline, I get it's going to take you longer to do the research. I get it's going to take you longer to type out the paper. So if you want, you can do five pages instead of ten." And so I was like, it was like a fork in the road. This was a, this was a fork in the road on my character. Mm-hmm. 
And one of me could have said, hmm, okay, cool. I can just start taking shortcuts and like doing half the work. This is kind of like my, the, the, you know, the lazy, easy human part of me is like, yeah, that's awesome. Yep. I have to like prove that, it, you know, do anything for this offer. Um, and then the other part of me was like, if you start compromising with life, life will start compromising with you. Yeah. So the moment, if I said yes to that, I did say no, by the way, you know, but I, if I said yes to doing only half, then when I receive half from life, I should not be surprised. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, that's something, yes, it, it is harder. And I told her, I said, yes, it is going to be harder. Yes, it's going to take me more time. Yes, it could be painful because to have to type with a, like a stick between my shoulder and my chin hurts my neck. Yes, to all of those things, those are all true. And I want to be held to the same standards, if not higher than everybody else. Yeah. Because yeah. I know I can be. It could be very mentally crippling. Like there's, like I said, there's a lot of traps in it. And if you don't, if you don't really, and this is how people become racist and so on. Like if you don't leave your surroundings and out of your comfort zone, you don't really explore and actually have real experiences with other cultures, whatever it is that we're talking about. Um, as a person with a disability, if you don't get out there and actually try to get a job, like the sad part is one of the reasons why I do this is because I want to, I hate the humiliating parts of it and I hate all of it, but I want to make it, you know, if we don't try to advance, uh, everything now, like everyone's going to have to continue, like uh, we're going to have to continue to go through this. And I don't want anyone to go through the shit that you and I've had to, to struggle to get a job and to, to just to live in this life and have a, you know, quote unquote normal life. And so, you know, we have to, we have to be, sometimes there's people got to sacrifice that and put themselves on the stake and say like, like, I'm in, let's go like whatever, whatever it is, it's coming my way. I'll, I'll take it on. And hopefully the next, you know, generation does not have to, uh, you know, again, like I said, there's so many traps in it. If you just sit around and collect disability all day and that, that is a real like stigma on us. That's a real like thing that people think about when they hear our, you know, oh, you're disabled. So you just sit around and collect disability. It's like, yeah, there are some of us that do that shit. But that's not all of us. Some of us have disability and still work. Some of us work without disabilities, whatever. Some people never got it in the first place. They should have. And blah, blah. But regardless, like if we don't get out and try, the world is scary, especially for us who are, you know, lacking something. Sure. It's, it's very scary. And there's a lot of moments that are going to be, that are going to really tempt you emotionally and mentally and physically. But if you just continue uh -huh. to just say, no, I'm going, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll take that five page paper instead of 10 you know yeah it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna work for you then but again how are you how are you ever gonna push yourself to the point where you can accept yourself and love yourself if you're just gonna continue to take shortcuts your whole life and continue to just take the easy way out because being disabled is not the easy way out no matter how you look at it and you already have it hard and i know it sucks to add more on your plate but you just can when you get the, the longer you go with this and again i'm sure you battle a lot of mental health yourself because we all do um, the 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 longer this goes on, the more you overcome, and the more the more, more times you get kicked on your ass. The next time you get up, like it doesn't hurt as much, and you just you become stronger. Whether it's your skin is thicker, or you know you just things don't you know hurt your feelings as much, or whatever. But you just you know it's always taking two steps forward and one step backward. It's not the other way around. You're gonna have setbacks, 
And, and you're going to have days where you're like, oh, shit, I'm not, you know, my disability is just kicking my ass today or whatever it is. But that's the one step backwards. But at least you're not like taking months and weeks to recover. You're, you're getting up mm-hmm. maybe the next morning and feeling good about yourself where yesterday you were just super depressed. And that's just, that's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, that's how you do it. You just keep pushing. But if you just sit around and feel sorry for yourself, and again, we all go through that stage. That's a stage we go through. But if it, it lasts years upon years, yeah, you're, you're, it's, it's hard to get you out of it because, you know, you, you've, you've been in this trap for so long. And, uh, and again, that's why I really. Well, wish- and the fact that I've done it, I've done it in the past. Like I can go to the dark, be in it, feel it, process it, and then come out. Yeah. That's evidence that I can do it again. Sure. So when those dark days happen, when those dark moments happen, it's like, okay, this is part of the process. And in a way, it's like I invite those moments because those are the only moments where I grow. Yeah. Those are the only yeah. moments I'm a believer that, that I know I'm closest to God. When I feel like I can't do this anymore or why does this have to be so hard? that's when it's like I can feel the peace of God going, it's okay. You know, that there's like, this is, I was talking to a friend of mine and this is the price we have to pay. This is the price we pay to be able to live a a life that people can say, wow, if she can do it, I can do it too. And, you know, I've always kind of had an issue with that, like feeling of like, Oh, I hate that. That saying, if I can do it, so can you, but you know, people hear me. People can hear my voice. People can hear the wisdom and the energy behind my voice mm-hmm. because I have um, because I have been there because because I, I've had to go to the dark and been able to come out of it. Um, and so, you know, there's there's beauty in that struggle because only in the struggles can we really see what we're really made out of. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've kind of equated it to like you know, being at the bottom of like the steps in your house, like your basement steps. But when you go to look up at the steps to try to look where the door is, or where the, where the steps end, they never end. The steps are, so it just looks so hard to overcome. It's like, how am I ever going to make it up there? It's so far. Like it's, it's, you know, a giant mountain. I can't climb that. I'm, you know, I'm not prepared for this. Like I'm really at my lowest. I, I hate myself. I, I do everything about life right now sucks. How am I getting all the way up there? And we do. And there's just, there's just another, we just dig deep into a place in our mind or our body that we didn't even think exist. And it only comes out when we're, our backs are against the wall and we're at the worst place. And again, unfortunately there are a bunch of us that don't make it out. And there are people that really die over this stuff. And I, and I attempted to a long time ago, but it, it's, and that's really sad. And I, you know, I don't begrudge them. I understand what it is. It's, it sucks. But the ones who make it out, like you and I, we're very fortunate to just pull ourselves through that. It is a very beautiful thing. And that's why, like, you know, I will always like just meeting a person like you, I will always have some sort of love and care for you, even though I don't know you that well, because I understand what it takes to get that out. It, it is not easy. And sometimes it just, happens instantaneously and you just you don't know where it comes from um and again the fact that you're you know are a survivor you're not wearing a shirt saying i'm a survivor you just are and you survive every day and you you overcome and it's something that it is such an underrated quality that people like us have 
because it's it, it's not easy to just take on the world and take on everything. Again, like the house with the doors and the windows. We have to try so hard to do everything. And sometimes we just want to wake up and go, man, I want to make my toast. Just can it come out perfectly? Because I'm tired of trying so hard at everything. Can the toast just come perfectly brown? <laughs> like You just get tired of every little thing being a challenge that sometimes you just want something to just go right, even if it's this most simple, mundane, mundane you know, chore. Um, but even when it doesn't, yeah, we may get mad, we may yell and curse and whatever, but we'll get over it. And, you know, we'll learn from it and, and we, we just keep going and that's like i said it's, it's some of our superpowers and our best qualities that we just have it's you know and you know it when you meet someone who's, who's been through similar situations like it's like yeah like you just like i said i fall in love with it because i know how hard it is to get to where you are um even though we're two totally different people two totally different genders and two totally different conditions and so on and so on but you know, there's still a lot of similarities and it's like, it, it's the challenges that keep us going. Sometimes I kind of thrive in it. it it's, I, I try not to look over my right. shoulder as much anymore. Like when is the bad thing coming? I still do it, but it, it's like when something does happen, it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to overcome this. Cause I, there's, there's days where I, I look at myself more so lately and I go, how the hell are you still standing? Like seriously, this, <laughs> mentally, yeah. like why, how are you still here? Right. Like seriously, I know you tried to do it and all that, but you have every, re like you are still here and then you, you take on other people's pains. Like why, why are you still going? Cause I don't know where it comes from and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I just, I literally have this con like inner monologue with myself. Like what, how, what, what, where is this? Um, well, you know, it's choice. I mean, really what it comes down to, whether you have a disability or not, your quality of your life is choice. Yeah. Um, it's about what you choose to focus on. It's about what you choose to put your attention to. It's about what you choose, um, uh, how, you, how you choose to uh, be able to perceive your situation. Yeah. It's about choosing to work on yourself. It all comes down to choice. Um, and I know that sounds so simple, but, and yet oftentimes the most simple is the most difficult because people think, well, it can't just be that simple. I, I, I should be having to talk to a therapist like a hundred hours before I get to that point. But it is that simple. It's mm -hmm. just like I said earlier when it came to my driving, it was the decision. The moment I made a decision, even when, you know, my, we had to go to the other side of the island with all our stuff and all the kids and like it was a decision to say, this is what's happening. I don't care how or who needs to show up or what it's going to look like, but this is what's happening. And what you have decided, TJ, is that you are worthy of a life that is worth living and that you have something to contribute to the world. And you do that and you express that through your podcast. You know, how many people want to express themselves, whether you, again, disability aside, how many people have a message inside them and never do anything to proclaim it, to say it, to declare it, because yeah. they're scared of what people will think about them. They're scared about, about failing. They're scared about probably maybe success, right? So their fears are bigger than their commitment to their, their message. Whereas for you, 
for me, our commitment and our belief in our messages is is so much bigger than our fears. Yeah, people might people might think a little hear this and be like, "Wow, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know because they don't know how hard it is, and they're 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 evolved or whatever it is, right?" So people will judge our conversation. People and as we move forward and and what we do um, in our own businesses or in our own messages, we may fail, we may succeed. You know, there's all we we're we're putting ourselves in a position of vulnerability to to try, and with that trying comes the potential for rejection and judgment and you know yeah. disappointment. And yet we're saying we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Because that's what that's what we believe we were put on this planet to do. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's so many people that just because look, I I have. Do you think like talking about being molested is like fun? Like the first time I started mm-hmm. doing that kind of stuff, talking about really personal things, or, or like nearly dying with the condition I had. And all, yeah, it took a minute, and when I first did it, it really drained me, like emotionally. I had to like take a minute to really recover, like a day or two, just to like, wow, like I, I mean, I know it's all there, and I've talked. It's it's you know some people who love me know about this stuff, but it's like when I actually put it out on a platform where everyone can hear it, and now people hear my full story, or at least the you know the really meat and potatoes of the story. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's it, yeah, it's really hard to get out there, but now. I'm, it's so free to talk about it because I know there's a lot of people going through it. And that's why I'm really big on like telling, you know, really getting really deep into people's stories and, and, and visualizing it. Cause again, that irony of me is I'm a very visual person. I like to paint a picture for people cause I know there's that one person that is going through, you know, let's say an amputee who's struggling with it. And if there, if I miss one part of your story that maybe could have helped them, you know what regardless of how dark or personal or whatever it is you know i might have let that one person down and that might be their last chance of really thinking that they're not alone uh and i and i hate to be that because i i or i hate not to help those people because i've felt alone for so long and it's 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 so scary and so depressing and it, it's horrifying but there literally are people just like anyone it's just we all have our little differences and stuff but you know, especially with mm-hmm. the disability community, how rare your condition is. Even the one I had at the time was really rare. Now it's, you know, it's semi-rare. But it's, it, there's people out there struggling, man. There's a lot of people who are amputees and there's people who, you know, have one arm, two arms, one leg, whatever, and they think that they can't do what you're doing and they listen to someone like you and it's like, well, shit, she can do all these things? Like why? Why? Like again, if if I if we don't share these stories, and if we we stop being so selfish and thinking it's all about us, and um, we gotta realize like we can help people on a much bigger scale if we actually stick together. And like what you were saying earlier about one of the things that I've seen where a lot of people are coming out like, "Well, I want to spread awareness for Chinese women with dwarfism." It's like not specifically that I'm being, you know, sarcastic, but <laughs> right, when right. you do that, we're already split so thin based on condition, based on body part or whatever. Uh even like with, you know, it's like with the eye community, like it's like, "Oh, I don't, you know, I have glaucoma." We'll just talk about just glaucoma. Look, I'm not saying that there's not some racism and some sexism in that. Yes, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there are more white people getting shown on posters. But let's be real. People with disabilities aren't really included, period, anyway. 
So if we start splitting it into <laughs> race and gender and, and gender and race within a disability and a condition, we're screwed. We have no chance because at, at some point we're just going to be down to two people. And it's like no one's going to take us serious because we're so we're split so thin. And again, I'm not saying that those causes are not legitimate. I'm not saying that there isn't any of those things that they don't exist. They absolutely do. I, I don't know about it too much, but I'm sure they do. I, I, I'll take everyone's word on it. But we can't, we, we just can't focus on a lot of that stuff because that's exactly what people want. They don't want any, us as a strong 1.6, 1.8 of a billion of us together fighting is a problem. Mm-hmm. But we're mm-hmm. not a problem because we're so all over the place and there's just a few powerful, again, a few could be a thousand or whatever, but a few powerful voices that are speaking up, but not mm-hmm. enough of us because. Too many of us are just afraid to come out and speak or are just, you know, whatever. They just, they're, they're consumed by their own problems, which I understand, but we have to actually find others like us that are fighting because we are amazing. We're powerful. There's a lot of great things about it. That's why I love the, the disability pride month and all that. I love stuff like that because, you know, we, you know, a shame is going to be there. I get it. I've been very shameful of my eyes and all that, but you know, I know the good things I possess and, and I, I look around at, the world and a lot of people don't possess those qualities don't matter their color doesn't matter their, it doesn't matter anything a lot of people don't possess that like you know it's, it's like getting in the dating world not many people are loyal not many people are honest those are two qualities that a lot of people in this world don't have people just tell you what you want to hear i'm getting to a place where i don't have much of a filter anymore i, I mean well i want to help but i'm just tired of the bullshit i've had too much bullshit fed to me and you know, I'm gonna be. Re- I'm just gonna be realistic and honest, and it gets me wherever it gets me. But in the, the day, I still want to help and, and and show kindness and, and try to do the best I can. I just some days I'm not always the best person I can be because you know, hey, I got issues, <laughs> and I work on them yeah. every day. And because I'm not perfect, I never will be. My goal is to try to be as close to perfect as possible, knowing that I'll never come close. And I just I feel like you should always work on yourself, like always, no matter no matter if you have a disability or you're, you, whatever, no matter if you have any issues in life, if you don't, great. But I mean, you have some issues somewhere in your mind or body, but just keep working on yourself. Try to be the best person because, like I said, there's enough traps and negativity in this world that's just, it'll drag you down with it. And you see a story about some 10 month old baby getting molested. I've seen it the other day and it just, it's just horrifying. It's like, I don't want to watch this shit. Like I know it exists because I don't want to ex- I don't want to ignore it because then ignoring it is what a lot of people do with us, but it's so terrifying to know all the horrible things that are going on that you just have to try to do your part to put out, you know, good energy and good vibes and and hope to God that it 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 changes someone else that can change someone else and you just pass on the cycle to the point maybe we'll get to a place where, you know, the the, the population of shitty people is five percent. Right, right. Well, and you know it, I, what you said in there was is really beautiful, and I I, I just don't want it to go unseen, right? Because we often will say things, and the wisdom in what we say gets lost. And what I got from what you said is because is that you want to do this because you don't want people to feel alone, because you don't want them to not feel seen or heard or understood, because yeah. you know what it feels like. Yeah. And so, oftentimes, our personal experiences inform what we were created to do in terms of our purpose on this in this planet right so um but but when and and you know the other thing that struck me was that you share your story 
but you, we own our stories. The stories don't have to own us. Yeah. And that is the difference between a victim mentality and a victor mentality. Yeah. The victor says, this is what happened, and this is my story, and this is how it's informing what I can do to help other people. The victim says, this is what happened to me. This is my story. I mean, this so- the story has me. It's not even mine anymore. It's something that happened to me, and, you know, a woe is me and why is me. Yeah. So, you know, there's a big difference between owning your story and having your story own you. And when we can get to the point where we understand that we own our stories and we get to create our stories, you know, things happen to us, but how we, how we react to them, how we perceive them is where the difference gets to happen, but we get to choose how we perceive them, right? So, you know, you can have two people undergo the same experience, one excels and uses it to propel him to his purpose, and one crumbles and 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 allows allows that the events to shape them in a way that doesn't really serve him or or the world, you know. Well what's the difference? You know, you hear all these underdog stories coming through. Well, you could have, you know, a hundred black men raised in uh, the ghetto but a few will rise to the top. Why? Because of what they choose to focus on and put their attention to and work on themselves. And, you know, again, it all comes back to your choice about how you perceive things. And that if someone is listening to this right now and you're struggling and you're feeling that absolute despair and that darkness just overwhelm you, allow yourself to feel it. I'm not saying deny the human experience of feeling it, but then also allow yourself to ask the questions. What is being revealed about who I am and what I could do in this world because of this experience? What is the struggle revealing about me, about myself? And from there, we can often take those dark times, those experiences to help others through their dark times, mm-hmm. you know, and so they don't have to be they don't have to go through the suffering that we had to go through alone, you know? And, and there's, there's, there's a gift. There can be gifts in the suffering. There can be gifts in feeling helpless. But again, you have to choose to be able to see the wisdom within all of those experiences, even, no matter how hard they are. Yeah. And it's a stage too. We all go through the victim thing. We all feel bad for ourselves. We all feel like, like, why did, why does some people have it this way? Like you were saying with the God stuff, like, why God, why me and not anyone else? Or, you know, why, why, what did I do? I was a kid or, you know, you were born with it, but it, it can, uh-huh. it's a stage. We also, you know, we go through a stage where we're numb and we don't really, we, it's hard to acknowledge where people are more sad about it than we are. And then finally it hits us and it's like, Oh God, this, like, it's, it's overwhelming. And, and there's just many stages to it, but it again, you have to continue to push and keep trying to go forward. If you don't, it's again, it's going to eat you alive, and you're, you're at some point you're going to just be stuck, and it's just going to continue to get harder. You know, like I said with the with the steps, like the steps, there's just more steps continue to be added on because you're just going backwards, and you're not moving forward. And if you, like I said, if you don't. You know, it, it's it, just don't make your life harder. Life is already going to do that. You know, your disability or whatever it is ailing you is going to do that. But 
don't do it to yourself. Like, don't mentally break yourself because you're going to make it so much harder. Because, yeah, people are going to tell you that you can't do stuff. People are going to tell you that you're this and that and you can't do this and that. But you don't know that. They don't They don't know you. They don't know your body. They don't know what your inner strengths are and your, your outer strengths. They don't know shit about you. So just try it. And if you fail, you fail. But because, you, you know, we're not all meant to do everything just because – I love watching, you know, sports doesn't mean I could do it on a level that, you know, the top athletes can do it. Um, and I know that that has nothing to do with my eyes. It has nothing to do with my disability. It's just I, I wasn't built with a gift. You know, you can work out all you want. You can run all you want. You can lift and do whatever and be super strong. But there are some people that are just naturally strong and they're not as big as that guy over there who's built like a building but the guy over there is a little guy, but he can lift as much as that guy just because he, it's just something he was born with. And, you know, we just, everybody has limitations. It's just ours are more visible than everyone else's. And everyone yeah. likes to, you know, put a, like an arrow on it. Like, ah, your eyes, ah, your legs, you can't do this. It's like, you know, okay, maybe, but let me figure that shit out. But if you stay in the hole, I can't do that. I can't do this. Well, you won't because you're never going to attempt it. So you might as well just, right. yeah, don't, again, you can't let that stuff consume you and just take over because the mind is a really screwed up place. And if you, you can get, you know, if you don't know how to rewire yourself, it's, it's, it's going to be a really slippery slope. And I just, again, you're going to head to some really bad, rough times. And again, you and I know how that gets that way. It's, you know, again, it's just about helping people, man. I don't, I don't know how to put it any other way. If you don't, it, like I said, I've been through a lot of shit, but. I know I just want to help people because I don't want anyone to go through my shit. It's it's rough. It sucks. And I know people are. And every so often you get a message from some random person saying, hey, man, you helped get me through a day. And it's like that feels so damn good because, one, I didn't expect it. I didn't do it for that. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's very addictive when you do get it because it, it feels good. And sure, you would like to get it every day. But that one holds you over for so long and it helps me just feel good about like the direction I'm going because – your mind sets many traps and tries to take you down other places. Like why bother doing this? Because no one's listening or no one cares. And you're this person who lives in this small town and you know, no one ever wanted you or listened to you or any of those things. And your mind takes you to all over the place and it distracts you from where you're actually are trying to go. And uh, I don't know. Like I said, it's just, you got to try to find some focus and, and something to be passionate about. Uh, as long as it's not something that, hurts people and animals just do whatever makes you happy and you know whatever I'm just right I'm just yeah happy. look life is going to have pain whether it be your disability or the loss of a loved one or loss of a job or a broken heart from a relationship we're all going to be subject to pain if we're alive and it's part of life and again we we can choose whether or not we see the wisdom in the pain. I remember my my moment, my turning point of being going from like just so angry and depressed and having suicidal thoughts as a teenager to fully accepting and surrendering. And really what it came down to was the message I received that day uh, that your pain is not in vain. There is a purpose for the pain. If you are willing to look at it and be in it and really see the beauty of it, 
So that's what I would encourage. You know, we, you know, we're, we're, you're just going to have to have me on your podcast again in the future. We've been doing, <laughs> going sure. for yeah, like yeah, 90 yeah. minutes, but, um, you know, so I, have enjoyed our conversation and I, you, you know, uh, you know, uh, for your audience, I would really love to invite anybody who either has a disability or is a uh, disability advocate, you know, anything really, anyone that's really related to the disability world. We actually have a group, monthly group call called Crip Check Club. So you can find us on, on Facebook call, uh, Facebook in a group called Crip Chat, Crip Chat Club via Zoom. Um, and so we do, we meet every second Saturday of the month at uh, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And each month we choose a different topic. And often the topics are informed by what the community said today they want to talk about. And we talk about it from the perspective of people with disabilities and relevancy of people with disabilities. But really it's a place where as somebody with a disability, you can come. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to explain your disability. You don't have to be something different. You can come as you are and just get into the conversation in a real deep and meaningful way. And so I would, we would love to have you if you'd like to be there. It's free. We don't charge anything. It really just was a heart project put on my heart as a response to the, the pandemic. And we used to meet weekly. Now we, we meet monthly because the world has opened up, started opening up. So people don't need the support and connection as much. But we still have people coming on a regular basis and looking forward to it. And there's activity in the group. Um, and, you know, there's amazing people. We have advocates. We have uh, content creators. We have authors. Um, we have lawyers. So, like, it's a really diverse group of people with disabilities. But it's really just a safe space for you to be who you are and have conversations that are relevant to you. Yeah, a safe space for, for people who just don't feel like they'll never be judged. They just feel comfortable as as very underrated like it's it's very it's a very hard to find there's like very few places in my life that i've been in where i'm like wow like i feel like no like, i don't feel any worries of like my disability like impacting or and, like any embarrassment of like oh i reached for something and i missed it or whatever little things that it, like only probably i notice but uh, right it's, it's it's very valuable to have a place where you can just be yourself and and know everyone in the room is going to accept you Yes, but I but I'm going to preface it. It's not a support group for you to complain about everything that's going wrong with the disability with the right, world. Right, right, right. About you know, it really is. Um, I really hold a standard for the community that for something bigger than us. Yeah, sure. you know, yes, we have to live in the in this body and in this world that's not necessarily made for us. That that wants to that sees us as broken but I don't see you as broken yep. and therefore um, you know, you don't have to see yourself as broken. And so, and that's what I mean by having that safe space to like, wow, I can just be me. I don't have to be broken. I don't have to be a superhero. I could just be me and really air my thoughts about whatever topic is for that month. Um, like last month we talked about money. Some months we talk about dating uh, next month or in June. Of 20, I don't know when this is going to air. So June 2022, we're going to be talking about um, systemic changes and what that would look like. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we talk about a, traveling. We talk about a variety of things. So if you'd like to come, 
and be part of this group where we can really, you can really contribute to one another um, as, as who you are, not what we perceive you to be based on your disability, then this is the group for you. So, TJ, I want to thank you for having me on your podcast. Yes, thank and, you. And um, if you'd like to have me back again, I'd be happy to come back. Sure. Yeah. Like I said, anything you want, anything you need from me, please. I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'll help you whatever you need. Um, I appreciate you just being you. And yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Is the recording off? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, bye guys. Yeah. Uh. <laughs>